0: Good morning, good evening, good night, um, and thank you for coming back to my episode on purposeful happiness. <clears throat> it's a bright, beautiful day here in Memphis, um, but it's very chilly. The sunlight is sort of deceptive, you know, it gives you the feeling that it's warm and it's cozy outside, but there is wind. Um, it's not as bad as, uh, as as maybe in other parts of the country right now, northeastern parts, but it's still a little bit of chill in the air so uh, today I wanted to talk a little bit about a word another word which is often used either um, synonymously or in in lieu of the word happiness it's called peace Um, and I often wonder these words that we, we use like happiness, purpose, peace you know, we, we are probably familiar with the dictionary meaning, the academic meaning of some of these words. But do we really know how it feels to be one of those words? Um, and I think that's where the pursuit has been. Uh, the the, re, the whole, whole reason why we are looking for happiness is to feel how the word happy is. or What is the feeling behind that word happy? Taking it away from the pages of a dictionary or from a, uh, or from a, a textbook, and becoming that. So the word peace probably means something which is very um, unperturbed, undisturbed. And the analogy that comes to my mind uh, is if you have a, if you're in front of a lake. Um, on a an early morning there's no wind and the water is we say crystal clear it's the sediments have settled down and there is no disturbance in the air and the water is absolutely perfectly still so still a stillness you know peaceful probably have the same meaning that um, that, that we, we have or in terms of you know, having the same feeling that we have. Um, another word is uh, quiet. So we often say if you go out to the lake in the early morning, you know, um, it's so peaceful. And if I look around and, and see what makes that whole thing peaceful is that quietness, that silence, that remoteness, um, that aloofness from general crowds, from other people. and a general harmony harmony is basically being in tune with your environment Um, so if I again if I take an example and on that lake um, it's harmonious because it's, it's absolutely quiet and peaceful if you drop a stone on that water it's going to send out ripples that is a disturbance that is noise, that is also um, moving the state from something which is peaceful to to something that's not. But yet, it's very harmonious. You'd see the waves go out in very specific patterns and very specific rhythms. The energy is being distributed uh, uh, rhythmically. And what harmony means is, you wouldn't see a wave which sort of uh, goes crazy and starts bouncing up and down, instead it continues to, um, to, to uh, flow in the same pattern uh, that it was before. If you drop another stone, a second one which creates another wave, you would see in some places where the waves interact with each other, you would see um, the water moving a little faster, a little higher up and that's what we call as uh, non-harmonious. Um, so if we relate all those things together, I think there are a few words which I'm trying to come to uh, which practically means the same or similar things. right? Uh, we spoke about peace, we spoke about quiet, we spoke about um, you know calm, we spoke about happiness, bliss, joy, I have a feeling that all these words in our minds, in our heads, lead to the same thing. There is a a new phrase that's been coined for the last couple of years by the yoga gurus, the commercial yoga gurus. We're trying to sell what yoga is. It's called inner engineering, inner peace. You've heard the word inner peace, inner engineering. Um, And all all those things basically refer to be able to understand yourself, to be able to control your mind and body and probably spirit, to evoke that sort of a peace and quiet and be harmonious with things around you. It's the harmony around your environment that sort of settles you into a very happy, peaceful, blissful state. So the the art of happiness is to get to a state where I perceive my environments, where I perceive my surroundings, whether it's nature, whether it's people, whether it's community, whatever it is, and be in tune with it. Now in tune with it does not necessarily mean uh, full agreement, it does not necessarily mean that uh, people are liking what you are saying, what you are doing, you are liking what you are doing what, what you are not, but y- you don't do anything abrupt, it doesn't perturb you to an extent where you, you go crazy, right? and eventually what will happen is either we start pulling in people who are of the same uh, amplitude and frequency or we influence people with our own amplitude and frequency to to be able to create that environment around us which is harmonious in nature. And that's the whole process of Inner Engineering. Now for us to get to that, we have to understand what we are and what our environment is. And if you remember what we said in the last episode, we started the process of of creating this difference between me and my environment so that I know what my environment is and I know what I am to a certain degree more with practice we'll have better ideas about who I am and the environment will slowly start to obscure and if you um, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with some of the Buddhist articles and all uh, I'd advise to be careful because these articles are not necessarily they don't necessarily mean what it apparently you see on the text and that's a mistake that uh, many of us make um, in the lack, with the lack of a, you know, in in the absence of a guru, we understand what we read. Uh, we understand the words or, or the meaning of those words as they appear on the text. We often ignore or, or don't understand what it l- what it means behind the scene. What's the meaning behind uh, between the lines? That's what a guru does for us. So, uh, like I said in in one of my episodes or a few of them that. Let's try to stay away from these sort of fake gurus or, or just reading and trying to, and, and feeling that I understand now. I personally don't. <clears throat> if I read a book, uh, you know, I'll probably get some meaning out of it. And if I speak with my guru, he's going to give a completely different uh, meaning uh, 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 many times. So I've been, I've been very careful about which book I read and what do I do um, after reading a book. How do I get those things clarified so that I know that what I am understanding from the book is what the author meant when he or she wrote those things down. So a part of Buddhism is, um, you know, went into China called the Chan uh, School of Thoughts and then moved to uh, Japan um, and formally came to be known as Zen uh, Buddhism. It's basically a mechanism of postures. You know, how do you control your postures to be able to create that symphony and harmony? Um, In the Indian philosophy, you have this uh, whole process of yoga, which is the eight step process. And the third step is asana, which is the art of posture. Um, It seems funny to me um, that people say, you know, I'm meditating. Meditation is the seventh step of a eight step process uh, in the yoga system. Indian yoga system, the 8th step being, you are merging with the infinite, which means you are gone. <laughs> so, um, we, we, we are more familiar with the physical aspects of yoga, which is asana, uh, sitting postures, and then some breathing techniques, which is pranayama, pranayama. And most of us are familiar with these two. But with these, you are, the intent is that we are able to control our own rhythm, Uh, the physical, mental uh, cycle and the rhythm uh, and then uh, be able to manipulate that rhythm so that when we have a clear understanding of our environment we can quickly bring ourselves to harmony. So in the last discussion we said uh, I took a drastic step and I had to make changes to my life. The first thing I did was to cut off uh, my phone. No calls. Uh, I'm absolutely happy. with uh, not looking at my phone, um, you know, after my office hours, um, I have uh, I've deleted all a large number of people who were in my dress book who just text me or, or you know, kind of uh, talk to me at a very odd hours, basically for some things they want, um, you know, whether it's a competitive advantage, whether it's, uh, you know, a professional advantage or whatever it is. And then I've cut off, uh, I I did stop uh, spending time with social media and um, it went to an extent where I wouldn't mind if uh, even (coughs) the so-called friends would not call me. I wouldn't feel bad about it anymore. So today I wanted to talk about what happened next, you know, now that the phone thing is under control. And and today I, I still do use phones at times, but it's that whole nagging thing that goes in our head when I'm not looking at my phone. The whole uh, uh, irritation that happens in my mind used to happen in my mind when my phone is not near me. I'm not holding it, or I'm not looking at it every every few seconds. That is gone. That is gone. That that whether you whether it's a mental uh, inertia or whether it's a muscle memory that that I had created of my own of uh, being in so close proximity of my phone. That is gone. And the first benefit is it frees up a lot of my mental energy. It stops my mind from constantly trying to leak itself out as if uh, you know I've trapped air in a balloon uh, and, and uh, it's got leaks. So now that's gone, uh, but that was not enough for me. So I'm gonna talk today a little bit before I end as to um, what, what did I do next? because I was at a point where I had to make some drastic changes. So phone is the first drastic change. The second drastic change I figured out was from that list of activities that I said, you know, um, having to leave, the f- the, this is the first exercise that we did where I listed down all things that I would normally do on a normal day and figured out which one was essential for me and which one was not. And, I, and, I, and even though I cut down on the non-essential things uh, pretty much, but i realized that no matter whether a work is essential or non-essential no matter whether i'm actually working which means you know physically doing something or not there is one thing that constantly happens behind the scenes it's talking we love to talk i love to talk and as <clears throat> part of that talking it happens on activities that are essential it happens uh, on activities that are non-essential, and it happens when I'm actually not physically doing something. It happens in my head. I talk in my head. and it's a continuous process of conversation, me with me. So there's the things can't good things can cannot come out of this. If I am trying to struggle, if I'm in my struggle to improve myself. Then the other me that I'm talking to is equally in in a a bad situation. So what can I possibly gain from somebody who's in an equally bad situation? Maybe sympathy? Maybe some false encouragements of hope that, yeah, you're doing right. And that's a problem. That that is a problem. If you don't know how to swim, you cannot help somebody who's drowning. And you can give him all the courage that you want but the courage is, is falsified there's no meat in those words and I realized that even when I'm sleeping when I'm trying to go to bed in my head I'm constantly talking to myself and that was my second challenge I did not know how to stop talking and I realized uh, with the help of my, of my teachers that talking is predominantly because of a need to express a need to express comes from the fact that I know something that you don't or I have something that you would like or I have, I have something that I can one up myself on you if I express myself Then there is another type of talking, which is a dialogue. <clears throat> For example, um, you know, I love reading physics. Uh, not so much on the mathematical part, but general uh, physics. And I realize that when I talk to myself, um, sometimes in my head I am Einstein, and sometimes in my head I am uh, Oppenheimer. Um, and I get a lot of the things clarified um, when I talk in dialogues and those are open dialogues unlike the other conversations the commercial commercially motivated conversations in which it is only to find uh, a better way out so the second step which i would suggest that you you all do if you are really serious about um, uh, of of you know getting to a, a better state in your in your in your mind is to identify the reasons or the amount of talking that we all do uh, it may not be possible for us to make this change all at once. It's going to have a backlash. Just like uh, you know, if you have been a smoker all your life, you cannot stop smoking all of a sudden. It's going to have a backlash, physical backlash. Chemicals are all going to be going crazy in, a, in, your, in, your, in your bloodstream. Um, but if you can identify uh, areas where you can possibly uh, not feel the need to express yourself, Um, and and one of the things, mental change that came about me is on this specific aspect of the need to express is to know that the other person knows as much or more than I do. The moment I have that feeling, I don't feel like talking and explaining myself again. I'd rather feel like, um, you know, kind of listening to the person. I don't always agree or accept, but let the person have have their dialogue and then... um, you know, go on with it. And slowly and slowly and slowly um, I've come to a state where I do talk uh, in very close groups and with very close friends but the talks are not, uh, are directed in a different way. The talks are more meaningful to me now. And again with the idea that I'm no better than the other person, um, the propensity to emphasize myself, the propensity to prove that I'm right, and very often more than that, you are wrong, that's gone away. Or slowly going away. I still am working through the issue of talking in my head. Um, It's not that bad. It's not harmful if it does not, if it's not directed towards one upping yourself. It's not Completely objectified to hurt somebody or to uh, make somebody feel bad. Um, the other benefit is no matter what you say or do, um, you, you, anytime we express ourselves, we are making ourselves vulnerable to be misinterpreted. So, with less talk, people can still misinterpret or misunderstand if they want to, but now you are giving them less of a chance to do that. So the repercussions, some repercussions we, we feel, some repercussions we don't feel, but they exist behind the scenes. Very subtle repercussions. That goes down as well, meaning negative energy stops coming in. Now, out of all the sensory organs that we have, if you'll see our skin, which is prone to touch, our nose, which is prone to uh, smell, uh, eyes for seeing, um, Oils, um, tongue for talk uh, ears for listening out of all these things it's only the eyes and the mouth and the tongue that you can shut off you can't shut off your ears so if there is a noise outside whether you like it or not you're going to listen it will go in inside you um, you can't shut off your touch this is I, I'll be careful when I say all these things, because with practice, <clears throat> there are a lot of practitioners in uh, in in in, in, in uh, Indian uh, yoga systems. Many of my gurus and teachers, they have uh, acquired skills <clears throat> as as often as byproducts of their practice. I use the word byproduct because that's not what they wanted to gain in the first place, but it comes as part of their practice. And they have control over each one of these sensory organs, so in in many situations they can manipulate these sensory organs. Uh, so, but from a normal uh, pers- person's perspective, like like where I am, I cannot. Uh, so I cannot control what comes inside my ears. I cannot control what. Uh, sensation I have when uh, my skin is um, or body is uh, you know picks up some of these informations, but I can definitely uh, close my eyes if I don't wish to see something, and I can definitely uh, stop my tongue if I don't wish to say something. Um, but that doesn't stop me completely from either seeing or, or or talking. Like I said, even if you close your eyes. Your mind keeps on projecting um, imagery, which we call as either dreams or mental visions and all that stuff. Even if I stop my tongue, um, the the mind keeps talking to itself, right? Uh, but it does um, it does do a lot of good. It it at least uh, stops or acts 50% of it, right? Um, again, there is a, a small theory behind how some of these things happen, why we are, uh, you know, what happens prior to talk, so that we can, we know, if we know that process, we can control what, what, what we talk or why we talk. It says that it starts off, there are four steps. Uh, one is it, it starts off as a desire, second is the desire takes, um, uh, <clears throat> takes an idea. Uh, third is the idea, we fill that idea with words in our, in our head and fourth is the words take the form of uh, vocal uh, vibrations in our, in, our, in our throat and tongue and all that. So these are the four steps that lead um, to finally you know, expressing something vocally. So uh, we are working this thing backward because I don't have a clear understanding of my mind or how the mind works, I'm trying to work this thing backward. So that one step at a time, I can probably reach uh, the root, which is the desire. And for the practitioners, they actually, they actually target the desire itself. And not having the desire in the first place would not lead us to talk anything as an outcome of that exercise. So uh, today I'll leave you with this, uh, you know, uh, that, that generally, if I have to summarize, generally, you know, we use these few words, but they all are similar or synonymous in nature peace, tranquil, calm, um, serenity, happiness, all these things are coming together. And uh, uh, a a large part of that has has got to do with uh, us understanding ourselves a lot better, understanding our body and our mind a lot better and how we exist in this entire web ecosystem of nature so that we can manipulate ourselves, we can modulate our activities Uh, to be in harmony with nature again harmony does not mean that uh, you know everything that i think should happen is happening or every experience that i'm having is something that uh, is delightful now it's it's more than that it's going beyond the perceptions of experience Um, to understand the fundamental nature of the working environment around us. It's this complex web, this complex ecosystem of atoms and molecules that are are taking the shape of humans, cats, dogs, animals, trees, plants, rain, uh, thunder, shower, sunshine, all that stuff. Uh, And and harmony, there's a general set of harmony in in this. and the action that we have spoken about is to understand why we have the propensity to talk and for myself, like I said, um, you know, having to move away from phones and social media, the next step was to look into this talking. This is one of the activities that I do immensely. Um, whether i'm physically engaged in some activity or not whether i'm sitting or and irrespective of the time of day whether i'm eating whether i'm in a conference uh, on a phone call watching tv reading a book or even going to bed the stalking happens almost 24 by 7 it's like a 24 by 7 radio station it's like an fm radio station and how do i uh, how do i get to know that's that, that that whole process working mechanisms better so that i know if i can so that I know how to control it and where to control it. Today it's happening automatically. I have no control over it, but it does have an impact on my existence. So this next step for me was fundamentally to look at this exercise, this aspect uh, of activity, uh, which which is happening continuously. It's energy consuming and it consumes your mental and physical energy a lot. Um, and and start off with basically trying to consciously avoid conversations. Now again, I don't wish this to be done in a very rude way. Like, if We don't have to be rude or we don't have to be inconsiderate to others, uh, but there are definitely, I'm sure, that in each one of our lives, in each one of our day-to-day life, there would be situations where we can avoid talking, where we can just not express ourselves through a, a vocal conversation. not needed thank you for listening Um, I hope this helps a little bit if you have any questions absolutely you know I have started to get questions uh, on my emails please do feel free to write I'll try to answer as many questions as possible Uh, but I'm hoping that you are getting some benefit out of this you're trying to put some of these things in practice again uh, I'd be very happy to see how it's working out I'm also learning as I'm moving along so um, I'm happy to assist Uh, But I do need assistance as well. So if you need uh, to write back and and give me some of your thoughts, I'll really appreciate that. Um, Enjoy the rest of your week. It's uh, Super Bowl day today. Um, I hope your favorite team wins. And I'll see you next week. Thank you.